This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order to release. This week, we fall in love with old men while watching spine number 57 in the Criterion Collection, Stanley Donan's Charade from 1963. But first, RJ. Hi. Hey, dude. What's up? Not much. How's it going? Good. What what have you been up to? How's that for a twist? Whoa. Uh, what have you been up to lately? Whoa. Turning the tables. Uh, yeah. It's not fun, is it? No. <laughs> you at least know what to expect it. Um, well, today mm-hmm. I worked at the comic book store. Kind of what I do on Wednesdays. Generally on Wednesdays, uh, I work all day. Uh, that's kind of my lot in life. Working mm-hmm. Wednesdays and... Um, Geez, there's like not even real any highlights. Uh, there was quite the thunderstorm that happened for about like 15 minutes in town. 15 minutes, more like 15 seconds. Yeah. I don't know what side of town you were on, you lunatic. Uh, downtown, buddy. Uh, well, over here it didn't seem as uh, nearly as dramatic. The cats didn't even get spooked. They didn't even hide un- under the bed. That's how short it was over on my end. Oh. Uh so cool um yeah yeah, i don't know life goes on you know (laughs) um uh nothing to really report it was kind of a week of just working and working and uh i don't know how about you buddy wow way to really entice the the fans (laughs) get them get them sizzling in their seats yeah uh well that's my fault because i threw it over to you Mm -hmm. um i'm doing good i've had a pretty fun week so far uh i haven't been working at the cow palace Baylog auction market this week. What? I have been uh, giving back to the community what? Uh, and getting a glimpse at the future generation. Um, so I've been doing some volunteering at a junior high school this week. Uh, and the reason is because one of the, the PhD programs I want to apply for, you need all sorts of volunteering community service, mm. which um, I actually have a lot. I have probably two times as much as the average person just through Baylog auction we do a ton of that shit all the time Mm -hmm. but uh, i needed to do some stuff that's not a charity auction because that's all i have so i'm at this junior high and uh, i'm doing this program where it's uh so they're they're doing their final exams right now like the provincial achievement tests and uh the school has this program for kids who like not learning disabilities but they're like they're not really good at reading or they kind of have like some problems to taking tests. So you like read the test to them and it's been pretty fun. Hmm. I've had a good time. I've seen some fun stuff. One kid, Jarrett, uh, at the start of the day pulled out a big Polish sausage and just started gnawing on that bad boy during the test. Huh. And I thought that was the funniest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> Cause he pulled it out and I was like, what the fuck? Cause like, that's something I do at home, but I never <laughs> thought I'd see like a 10 year old kid do that during a test. Because I that was something I always dreamed about. I was like, man, I'd love to just bring like a foot long sausage to a test and just gnaw on that bad boy. And this kid is living my dreams. So it's been interesting, though. I've there was that uh, one of these kids pulled out a fidget spinner during the test. Uh-huh. Uh, but maybe he is actually the market for those things because he uh, had a, a little trouble sitting still. Mm. Um, I've heard some interesting things. The uh, Polish sausage kid, uh, during the test, he liked to talk to me, I guess, not really take the test. And he looked at me at one point and he said, hey, 
did you build Trump's wall? And I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, did you build Trump's wall? I know someone did. And I was like, um, no. <laughs> I was like, no, not me, dude. And he's like, okay, all right, whatever. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know, man. These, these are the kids who are going to take over, I guess. But, Jesus. Um, I thought that was all pretty funny. So I've, I've, uh, I've had some fun stuff. And I'm doing it the rest of this week and next week too. So maybe I'll even have uh, something funnier to report. But uh, I thought those things were pretty funny. Between Polar Sausage and kids talking about Trump, I was like, hmm, interesting. Hmm. The minds of tomorrow. Uh, that, that, that's, uh, I guess, one thing I could mention today. Uh, so uh, today I went for breakfast, met with my uh, friend, and uh, we enjoyed our meal. On our way, we stopped by uh, their postal office to go pick up some mail. While waiting at yeah. the corner to cross, uh, there was a panhandler fella. And uh, mm-hmm. I saw him kind of just out of the corner of my eye, and he kind of started ambling toward us. And I was like, oh, maybe if we just keep looking across the street and not at him, he won't, mm-hmm. uh, he'll feel that would be rude to interrupt. But no, he doesn't care about that. And he just starts going, hey, hey, <laughs> help a guy out. Uh, I, 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 give me something to eat. And I was like, well, I don't have any change on me at this point though he started gesturing at the bank like right behind him <laughs> like suggesting oh i should go right now and you know get 20 dollars out of the bank machine and give to him and hmm. i just pretended to not understand what he was asking me to do i was like no sorry i don't have any change i, I just don't have mm-hmm. any change and he just kind of went oh and he just kind of Made his way back to his uh, curb, I guess. Um, so that was awkward. That was a first. No one's ever, like, you know, usually the, sorry, I don't have any change line, which I don't because, you know, it's 20, Nobody, yeah. it's 2017. I don't walk around with a pocket full of change anymore. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is like, oh, you know, you should go get me some money out. It's like, like well, you know, I'm being polite because I also don't want to give you any money. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, dude. um that's funny i haven't had that either but uh there's an interesting uh community of homeless people here i remember there was my friend a guy who he works with who's not from around here he came and there was a homeless guy and he's like do you have any money and he's like no i don't he's like but hold on because he was going into a store anyways and then he brought out like a couple sandwiches and some waters and stuff and the homeless guy was like i don't want that I want money, and he just like knocked the like the food out of his hands and like walked away. And the guy was just like, "What?" He's like, "I've never seen a homeless person deny like food and drink before." So, huh. I, I guess uh, I guess Creepsville just has those kinds <laughs> that <laughs> the real demanding homeless that are like, "Go take out fucking twenty dollars, put it in my hand, and then go away." Hmm. Well, I know that uh, listener Lawrence, I think he's got like a sucker kind of tattooed on his forehead because he gets oh. hit up a lot and he does actually uh, go out of his way to like buy people, If particularly say at a 7-Eleven, he will buy people stuff. I've seen this happen and I just kind of shake yeah. my head and it's like, well, at least like you, you, you have a guarantee that they're like getting food and mm-hmm. uh, drink and not drink. <laughs> yeah. Have they ever turned it down? Mm, not food that I'm you'll aware have to, of. You'll have to email in. Yeah, you'll have to you have to inform us, Lawrence. Mm-hmm. But hey, yeah, Lawrence. Exactly. Speaking of emails, 
Uh-huh. Uh, we got an email. What? From old no Joshua Frazier. And he's directed nice. this at you. Oh, no. To what RJ, did I do? To RJ. What Spielberg movies would you say are worse than Hook? Kind regards, Josh. P.S. Okay. Yes, the music in The Unbearable Lightness of Being was too loud. Ah, see? So it wasn't just me, hey? I guess so. I mean, I I didn't have an issue, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, but you're a deaf old man. Like, maybe. Okay. Hey, I'm uh, I'm pulling up Steven Spielberg here, and I'm Whoa. I'm not gonna go into a big. Here, wait a second. Did oh no wait oh, Shrek was on this list. I was gonna say Steven Spielberg didn't direct Shrek. <laughs> kind of list is this? Letterboxd. Apparently, he was a producer. Mm. Um. So if anyone's not aware, I have some uh, issue with the placement of Hook on listener Joshua Frazier's list because I think that is an A plus movie. And I think it's horseshit that people don't like it. Uh, so just at the top of the list here, uh, and even in just recency of newest Spielberg films, I think the BFG could probably fit underneath the. But you've hook. never, but you've not seen it, so you can't. You, I have not seen. Okay, that, so you can't say you can't guess. say one okay. way or another. Okay, I'll stick to movies I've seen. Uh, next up, Lincoln. Hook is better than Lincoln. <laughs> for, for fuck sure. Okay. Fucking absolutely, Hook is better than Lincoln. Uh, um, hmm. Well, he has some good movies. Did you know this? Uh, yeah, I, I've heard this. Okay, <laughs> but, but um, Steven Spielberg, I don't. Yeah, he is. He's not in the Criterion Collection. So what does that tell you? Exactly. If he can't get in there with such classics like Duel and E.T. and Always, which is a movie I don't know. But it says they couldn't hear him, they couldn't see him, but he was there when they needed him, even after he was gone. That sounds pretty fucking horrible. I don't even know what that is, but it's got Richard Dreyfuss in it. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So, okay, so here's the problem. There's a, there's a bunch of movies on here that I know are bad, but I haven't seen them. So... I, there, he has worse movies than Hook, okay? That's the point. Hook is awesome. All right? <laughs> Do you have anything to say about this? No. <laughs> I don't want to hear about your weird pedophile conspiracy theory. <laughs> They're not mine. You know what? I, I thought about that too. And I was like, what if like just the weird pedophile people just really were into Hook, so they started modeling their weird movies after Rufio and the Lost Oh, the, isn't that a possibility? My my sources uh, on this definitely timestamp those uh, those costumes, those Rufio looking boys, to videos mm-hmm. that were circulating uh, before Hook came out. Okay, 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 whatever, whatever, Jarrett. I don't just, believe you. Just accept it. Just accept it. I'm not going to accept anything. Malicious. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I I just look to Spielberg's next movie is uh, Ready Player One. From uh, Ernest Klein, so that's going to be a big stinker. You, you wait and see. I'm I'm, I'm going to scan through here. He didn't ask me, but um, um, I don't it's know. We man. don't value your opinion. I mean, like I've seen all this obvious stuff. It's all like yeah, good or just like I'm indifferent to. Empire of the Sun. I I never finished watching. Um, that's with uh-huh. young Christian Bale. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I've never seen Always, but I mean, okay. That that what about uh, like the terminal and warhorse. Termi- like terminal that. terminal's fine. Amistad's bore not boring. It's just unremarkable. Um, 
Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. Looks pretty bad. Oh, ooh. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, see, but I actually like that movie. Yeah. So that's, that's not fair. I've never seen that Adventures of Tintin. And yeah, Tintin's not bad. Haven't seen but wasn't Horse it also Lincoln. directed by your buddy GDT? DDP? Peter Jackson? <laughs> GDT and Peter Jackson? Well, they produced it. They're they're involved somehow. Okay. In being big old but nerds. It, yeah. uh, that Bridge of Spies movie, uh, I didn't care for. I'd put that, see, yeah, I'd put that down with Hook probably. Because <laughs> like I'd see, never, well, that... I would never want to watch any of those movies ever <laughs> again. That's the thing. It's like Hook, I, I, Hook is just not. Like a movie I'd ever want to watch again. That's about it. About it. Well, I was looking up. Yeah, see, uh, that's I, where you're I forgot to share images of uh, Robin Williams in Peter Pan outfit, and it's it's uh, pretty cringeworthy, RJ. It's pretty. You know, some people say that you're cringeworthy. Uh, How probably. about that? I'm fine with that. I don't have to impress anybody. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, that's what I mean. Like, I haven't seen Bridge of Spies, but I've heard a lot of people, you for one, describe how boring it is. So it's like, you know what? I don't want to watch that movie. <laughs> How about that? How about that? How about that, sucker? All right. So, uh, what what movie's mm-hmm. worse than Hook? Oh, what were you putting? Close putting? Encounters. That movie's worse than Hook. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Close Encounters is worse than Hook. Mister Alien guy. Okay. E. T. isn't E. T. is wicked good, but Close yeah. Encounters is worse. And Hook. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Uh, anyway, that we'll leave uh-huh. that controversy aside. <laughs> uh, hey, RJ, okay. what you been creeping on this week? I did some solid creeping for you this week, Big Daddy. Uh, I, I dipped into those new releases. Ooh, Can baby. you believe it? Damn, Ooh, girl. Baby. I'm, I'm trying to cash in on, on our current steam here and try to try to get some new movies in that pool instead of fucking 1986 movies about aliens. Oh. So instead, whoops. I watched a 2017 sex movie about aliens. Yeah. Actually, that, that's a misdirect. This movie had zero sex in it. Um, so I watched Life with your buddy Ryan Reynolds, my buddy Jake Gyllenhaal, and uh, everyone's friend, the reincarnation of Toshiro Mifune. Uh, I can't remember what his real name is, but you know who I'm talking about. Hiroyuki no. Sonata. Okay. <laughs> he was uh, he was in like The Last Samurai in Sunshine. Okay. And he, he looks just like Toshiro Mifune. Okay. Okay. So do you know this movie? <laughs> Life, yeah. It's, Life. I remember it's the movie that people thought was a prequel to Spider-Man 3 for like yeah. uh, 10 minutes because people were fucking stupid. Um, hey, I, I brought that up on the show once. Yeah, I know. And uh, mm-hmm. I know that this – so, okay, what I know about this movie is mm-hmm. I remember seeing the trailer. I remember kind of going, Life, that's a bad title. Uh, it looked mm-hmm. like another kind of alien knockoffs type deal. Um, yep. cause, and I then thought about it again when I was looking up how much money the Martian made in theater, which was like a fuck ton of money. And then I looked up how much money gravity made, which was a fuck ton of money. And then I saw life made way less money, but it also had a less talented or at least well, kno- less well-known director and had like a way smaller budget and barely made its budget back kind of thing. And it but it like, had A-list actors. Yeah, it was a loaded cast, but it seemed like yeah. people were pretty indifferent to it and that indifference reflected in those box office receipts. And mm-hmm. But I will say that uh, it, in general on Letterboxd, it's fairly popular. It's uh, yeah, it's well so, regarded. Like it's average to yeah. to above average kind of thing. 
So that's why I watched it actually, is because on Letterboxd, a lot of people I follow, there was a lot of like three and a half, four stars. Hmm. And I was like, four stars? Hmm. That's pretty good rating for a movie like that, that, that I think no one expected to be good. Uh, so I watched this thing, and you're right, it's kind of like an alien ripoff. Uh, but what it is, is even more, it's a remake. You might, I don't think you, anyone knew this. It's a remake of Forbidden World, the movie that we've talked about a few times, a couple episodes ago, and then in Ghoul School. Too. Right. This movie is fucking Forbidden World, I swear. When you, if you ever watch it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so it's kind of, so it's like a space station and they find, uh, a piece of like alien cells and then it like evolves into like a squid monster that kills everybody at, at a rapid speed and at a rapid yeah. speed. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it even has like, like the move set that the alien in forbidden world does where it like jellifies like things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is except for the sex that Forbidden World had, which made that movie wicked. Yes. This doesn't have any of that. No sauna? No, there's no sauna. All The most you get is Jake Gyllenhaal sweaty on a space bike. Oh, okay. But, I mean, that for some people, that's raw sex. <laughs> um, so this is a horror movie, and I would define it as like a space slasher because so the alien is like this squid thing, which I actually think is like a decent enough design. It's all, it just because of the way it moves through like space and stuff, like it makes sense it would be the squid thing but i don't know there's not much to it you're you never look at it and you're or you 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 would never look at it and be like wow cool you're just like oh I, yeah it's i want to make movies the, the rest of my life <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's just a jellyfish so um, um, have you ever thought about that like uh I think maybe we talked about this when we were talking about like uh, when you watch Star Trek Beyond, this idea of like people like watching like a modern movie now and going, I want to make movies the rest of my life. I want to make my dreams come true on the screen. Mm -hmm. And you watch modern movies like I don't think anyone thinks that like they used to, but maybe they do. And I'm just out of touch with these kids these days. Maybe people watching shit like Hook, that'll wow you. That'll make your dreams come true. Mm -hmm. But uh, back to life. So... I would call it a slasher because the alien like kills people in the most elaborate ways possible. Like it drowns a per- person. Like it break a person's out in a spacesuit and it like breaks its uh, coolant supply and then the coolant leaks into the helmet and it drowns the person. Hmm. And the alien does it intentionally. So it's like it's a slasher film. Like yeah, it's a monster going around killing in elaborate ways. Uh, so I don't think I've even said. I think this movie is okay. Like I I. I I had a decent enough time watching it. I'll never watch it again, though. Mm-hmm. It's not really bad either. It's just there's just nothing really there. It's unremarkable. Just a total, total, yeah, it's unremarkable. It's really middle of the road type of stuff. Like it's fine. They have like big actors in it, and so like, the acting is all fine. <laughs> it looks okay. Yeah, uh, they do the Inception score for a while. Okay. Uh, but no, I don't know. There's just nothing really like. I don't know. There's nothing even there that you would remember a week later. The only thing I remembered was because I, because I'm such a weirdo, like I was getting mad at the inconsistencies and like, uh, the way the alien killed people. Like at first it like engulfs this like with star rat. Like, so they have a rat on there, of course. And it's like, it can't move. It's in a vest. And then the alien like goes around it and turns it into jelly. And then you're like, Oh shit. But then the next time it like goes into a person's body instead. And it's I think if you can turn stuff into jelly, like that should just be your move. 
Hmm. You shouldn't like mess around with other stuff. And then later it turns into like a grapevine monster or like, uh, I don't know. There was all, there was a whole bunch of stuff, Jared. So I guess my point, I've talked about it longer than it deserves. It's, it's just a movie. I'm surprised they had the big, like the big actors that they did. Like Jake Gyllenhaal, I guess. I'm, I was surprised he was in it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you're into this stuff, you might like it, but uh, I am into this stuff and I thought it was like just all right. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I mean, this this movie just seems like it'll like haunt uh, like secondhand stores in on Blu-ray for years to come. Like it'll always oh, be like yeah. you'll go into the L section and there'll mm-hmm. be like always like a bunch of copies of Life because people will buy it, they watch it once and they go, "No, oh, it's okay," and then uh, they'll hawk it to make some uh, extra change, make a dollar on that twenty dollar Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna see lots of these. Such is lots life. Such as, oh, shut up. <laughs> that's that's a, that's like a joke I would make, and everyone would like turn the show off. Yeah. We can't both do that, or else no one will listen anymore. <laughs> um, so I watched some other movies, too. But I want to get to the main event, Jared. <sighs> the main ticket. Yeah. I TC? went out last. Oh, yeah. The, the main event, Tom Cruise. I went out last night. I did my, uh, did my duties to support Mr. Tom Cruise. Cruise and all his endeavor endeavors, and I went to see the new Universal monster, Dark Universe, the, the f- Mummy. Is now is this the first entry in the Dark Universe, or are they acknowledging those other yes. like Universal things? No, no. Okay. This is the first one, and there's even a pretty elaborate display. The Universal thing comes across across the globe, and then the the globe turns to the dark side. And then Dark Universe pops up, which I thought was like DC Comics trademarked, but I guess not. No, it's just like words. I'm pretty, it's just words. It's Dark just words. Un- yeah. Well, they're claiming it then because they're using it as their title card now. Um, so there's a, a lot of people have been talking about this movie and a lot of people have, have been talking about how. Well, there was a big splash when it came out, mostly because it, it has sucked. really, really bad reviews, yeah. <laughs> and everybody hates it. Uh, and, so and, I can. And we oh, can sorry. also say that uh, the people online they love to like. I don't know. They're like uh, drawn to blood and water. And they just like to go yeah. at when a movie's down. Boy, they circle and they just love feeding, feeding away. Yeah, circa Batman v Superman twenty fifteen. Yeah. Yeah, which I don't think is fair. So going to this movie, I had very low expectations, and I went with uh, a couple buddies, and it was the right, it was it was the perfect group to see a movie like this with, because you can like when weird shit happens, you can kind of bounce stuff off of each other, if you know what I mean. We reacted together, we enjoyed it, you know. So this movie is not good. It's a pretty bad movie. Is it like one star, like not a movie movie, like everyone is saying it is? No, no. I don't think it's that bad. Like, if I don't know if you had to rate it, like maybe two stars, two and a half stars, something like that. It's not good. It's it's not that bad either. It's I think what it is more than anything for like for me at least is that it's mostly just disappointing because it's like I think a lot of other people have said that too because it's like universal monsters and the characters are pretty strong and all they really need to do is get like a decent screenwriter and a decent director and like you can make good movies off of this but they're so caught up in this world where they're trying to like make Marvel universe 
bullshit where everything is like built off other stuff and there's so much things jammed into it that they can't even make like one good movie because they're trying to make 10 okay movies you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like that that's the biggest problem with this fucking movie is that there's they're trying so hard to make it appealing in that sense and it's not even like stuff down your throat there's a good chunk of it like so with that stuff, Russell Crowe is like Dr. Jekyll and he's running like a Monsters, Inc. type deal where he he is like the leader of this like secret society that hunts m- monsters. And you're getting this this fun walk through their trophy room, Jarrett, where you see a uh, like a Dracula skull, like a vampire skull with fangs. And then you see uh, a couple of Gilman hands from uh, Black Lagoon. And it, I, there's a, I swear to God, there's this scene like Tom Cruise is getting dragged through and he's looking at all the stuff and, and then he looks at the guards and the guard gives him like kind of like a head tilt, like smirk wink, like, like, ching. it's like, yeah, that's right. It's like, we just, we got all sorts of stuff here, buddy. But like, it's in the movie, but I don't know if it's supposed to be like directed to the audience or Tom Cruise. Like it's, it's kind of, it, it just happens in a second. Maybe I'm just being weird, but, um, uh, yeah, that was weird. Um, so, like, I think that's, like, the biggest thing is they do a lot of stuff like that. And it really just bogs down the movie as a whole. Hmm. Um, but then it has a lot of other problems, too. Like, it's really inconsistent. It's all over the place. Like, uh, um, con- continuity-wise, it kind of jumps back and forth. And, like, this, this, again, could just be me. But, like, there was – so, you know how the plane crashes. Everyone's seen that scene in Everyone has seen that in the trailer. Yeah. And then Tom Cruise wakes up in the morgue. So you have that scene. Like all the bodies from the plane are in the morgue. And you even have like the one lady who uh, um, parachuted out. So you have that scene. And then right after that, it cuts to the plane crash site. And there's like first responders and they're finding dead bodies. And it's like, wait a second. It's like they like that doesn't make sense. They already found all the dead bodies. Like, so there, there's, like, stuff like that. You're like, this doesn't really make any sense. Like, it doesn't flow together very well. Um, so there's stuff like that. Uh, the characters, the dialogue is really bad. It's all, like, exposition, and it all comes over and over and over again. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I can't even think of... If, if you just, like, pretended to be a bad movie and you said, like, a stupid line, that's, like, a line... And that was used in this movie. Well, I know there. You know, uh, I was listening to uh, someone else recapping this, and they were talking about how, like, Tom Cruise has this like one night stand with some woman that he thinks he's never going to oh. see again, and then he sees her again like the next day, and they're like, "Oh, have you two met?" And she goes something like, "Yeah, uh, we met for about fifteen seconds," and it's like, he, "Yeah, so he can he can, he comes fast." <laughs> yeah, okay, so that that uh, that brings to that brings me on to major criticisms here the humor in this movie is really ham-fisted like they really try to shove it down your throat because that fucking guy uh, what's his name jake johnson from like new girl or whatever he's in this and he's just like comedic relief mm. and it's like there's some there's jokes that you just fucking cringe at you're like oh god because you know exactly what the joke is you know before they even start like the setup you know what the punchline is and it's just kind of it's the same with the exposition dumps you're like yeah i get it you don't have to like finish that sentence where it's like this isn't a tomb it's a prison it's like yeah we it's like that's in every fucking movie ever but yeah so there's a joke where she's like you lasted 15 
seconds. And then honestly, it's like two minutes of him like trying to like talk his way out of it. He's like, not only was it one of the most romantic nights ever, but she was just raw with or exhausted by our raw sensuality. And it's like, it seems really out of character one for Tom Cruise to be like fucking begging or like to be talking like this, like building himself up like that because he's already tough he doesn't need to build himself up anymore so it's like out of character for him and then like his character goes back and forth all the time like he's either like super selfish and and he's like trying to like talk his way out of stuff but then he like helps people for like no reason and i don't know man like it's it's just it's really all else is there Oh, your buddy Russell Crowe, that big bastard, uh, gives it his all in this movie. He's eating ham sandwiches left and right. <laughs> um, that was actually the funnest part I had in this movie was uh, me and my buddy joking around about every time you saw Russell Crowe, we we would just make fat jokes. Not because he's he's actually he seems slimmer than in the nice guys, mm-hmm. but uh, he's still a big boy. He's still a big boy. Uh, so he's Jekyll and Hyde, and oh man, oh. You get a you get a transformation scene, and oh boy, is that uh, something to behold? Mm-hmm. Like they don't really do anything. It's just like he has green eyes and like veins. Like that's it. But like they like, build like it split. up in such a way. Yeah, just like in Split, actually, they build it up in such a way that you think it's going to be so much more, and then it's not. And it's another thing too. Like it's just such a. It's like so lazy. So he has this like warty old hand that he like injects his serum into so he doesn't turn into hide. But it's the most elaborate fucking setup you'll ever see. It's like one of those screwdrivers that has like eight screwdrivers on it. Like as a, like a, like a multi-tool. Yeah, like a multi-tool. So he like loads up <laughs> seven of these like serums into it and then he injects himself. But he has to do it like the time lapse is like maybe 10 minutes in the movie not even real time like in the movie it's like maybe 10 minutes he has to do it again and like he misses it because it's so elaborate and like complex he can't do it when he's already like changing and they they have like this big thing where he like hits a button all the doors come down to like keep them locked in but it's just like so he's at monsters inc and there's like 200 people employed there it's like could they not have one person's job just to have this thing fucking loaded all the time to like hit him in his ward hand or like instead of all these like fucking uh security doors that come down like have a dude who has it in like a gun so that if he ever changes he can just like shoot the serum into him like you know do you know what i mean dude <laughs> sure uh, like i don't know i'm not trying to like kick a kid while it's down because like there was actually parts that i thought were like pretty good like there's a there's scenes where like tom cruise is punching through like zombie heads and i was like fuck yeah yeah like it was really getting me pumped up and um i don't know this movie's trying so hard to be uh like indiana jones but like with a weird mystical twist that uh it's it doesn't know what it wants to be hmm and I think that's what the biggest thing is. Like, I, I'll probably watch this again. Because uh, it's it's not as bad as everyone says, but it's de- it's far, far from even a decent movie. Huh. So you take that as it is. Okay. Um, who do you think the first actor will be to drop out of this? Uh... Tom Cruise. Yeah? Yeah. Absolutely. So they, do you want do you want me to get into some spoilers here? 
Uh, yeah, all, all I, I, I don't is, care. It's set up in a way where he could continue on as like his his character in any one of these movies. Like he's kind of like a Russell Crowe, like Jack, Dr. Jekyll. I'm guessing it's just going to be in every one of these movies. Yeah. Um, so like Tom, they set up Tom Cruise in such a way that he could do that. Uh, I think he's going to drop out instantly because I don't know if, if you knew this, but uh, all of Hollywood turned on Tom Cruise and this, they're like blaming him for the film's uh, mm. like negative reception. Everyone's saying that like he took over directing because uh, of course, because Alex Kurtzman's not a real fucking director. So when Tom Cruise gets in there, I'm sure he was like actually the one in charge. So everyone's saying that like he took over and like made the movie what it was like more actiony and like stuff like that which i kind of believe but at the same time like there's a lot, lot of humor in this movie too and i really doubt tom cruise wanted more humor in or like more humor to be in here hmm. so i think there's probably some truth to it but yeah they like totally sewered him like i saw like nine fucking articles of like people like not quite producers because they don't want to f- fucking blow up their career but like people like close to it they're like yeah tom cruise is the reason like it is what it is i see um that you know, now i'm thinking about how uh, uh tom cruise i guess hasn't directed a movie yet maybe this sort of uh warren Beatty uh like turn or mel gibson like turn will make him go make his own movies that he can star in and uh should have been this one to be honest uh, maybe he'll be a really really crummy director though there's only one way to find yeah. out i guess hopefully he'll he'll break away and really get to explore his artistic side and uh yeah. direct his masterpieces well we'll see i guess mm-hmm. but uh, i would say tom cruise uh because johnny depp isn't gonna back out because he needs money um russell crowe like he's not even really doing anything anymore so he'll probably stay on on board and i guess maybe javier bardem if he has like any kind of like morale or like like interest in self he might back out just so he doesn't end stuff but i don't know i guess he was in that pirates movie with johnny depp so maybe he doesn't care either they're a couple of pals yeah so i don't know man that's my uh that's my hot spiel on the mummy Mm mm-hmm yeah, there's n- there's just not much there. I would say def- if it was ever on TV, fucking rights, watch it. But uh, don't pay for it. <laughs> I never pay for it. Ooh, gross. Mm-hmm. So that that's about it for me. Well, uh, you also watched High Noon. No, I well, yeah, I was going to say I, I did watch some other stuff, but I, I, I realized I was going to go long on the mummy, so I wasn't going to talk about it. Yes, I watched High, High Noon, and it was dope as fuck. Uh, everyone, it's a, it's a wicked Western. Everyone had fun. I also tried watching daddy's home <laughs> with Mark Wahlberg. And before you say why, uh, because I don't know if you saw this, but a trailer came out for daddy's home too. And it's got the granddaddies in it. And you know who one of the granddads is? Jan Cena. I don't know. No, not, no. What? Quit, quit, quit pushing your wrestling, uh, platform onto us. No, my main man Mel Gibson is gonna be in the sequel. No. So I was like, I was like, ooh, cool. So I was like, maybe I'll well, I'll watch this Daddy's Home. I only got halfway through it. It's pretty bad. Isn't isn't John Cena in Daddy's Home too? Uh, maybe in the back half. I didn't I didn't finish it. Oh. I only got halfway through when I stopped. I, I, thought, I think he shows up at the end. Maybe I'm confusing it with another like mm-hmm. shitty movie. 
I don't fucking know. No, it's it's probably this one. I didn't I didn't finish it. So I, I did finish High Noon because it was wicked, but I didn't finish Daddy's Home because it was bad. Okay. So I don't. I could talk about High Noon, but I figured I'd let you talk for a while. Okay. Um, you watched Twin Peaks? Oh yeah, I did. I did. Nice. Talk, talk about a wicked episode. That was a good episode. It's uh, it was a little bit more uh, the town of Twin Twin Peaks centric, which which uh, yep. I think was nice change of pace actually you know it was funny because like halfway through the episode maybe it was like i was like where's dougie where's where's yep. the where's the dougie story which is funny because people probably were like who've been complaining most about it um mm-hmm. were maybe happy about it or maybe it was like hey what's going on with cooper but yep. we got that too we got a little bit of everything they kind of like threw out the pacing a little bit that they've set up for the show at this point i think to get through a lot more content um right. so it was a pretty it was a I guess like quote unquote action packed episode. Um, we had like stuff pay, pay, starting to pay off and like start adding up. Like we're starting to get more references to the past of uh, the previous series and stuff like that, and getting people caught up. Uh, we get surprise cameos with uh, Headstone's lead singer Hugh Dillon uh, in a wheelchair and hmm. suffering some sort of infirm. I have no idea what that guy's story is. Tom. Yeah. Um, don't know where that's going. <laughs> But it was nice to see Hugh Dillon. Yeah. And Ashley Judd popped up. Yeah. That was nice. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was wicked. I liked uh, all that Diane stuff. I liked uh, Evil Coop stuff. And uh, what was I going to say? I thought the, the Dougie scene was amazing. Where the hitman comes out. Mm-hmm. And Dougie, it's like literal fucking karate. It even has like the, the air sound effect. Like, whoosh. Like he's karateing that guy. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the best shit I've ever seen. And Naomi Naomi Watts de- descri- describing it to the cops after is fucking hilarious. She's like, he totally took over. And then I came in, I punched him, and I kicked him, and he was down. And she's like talking, and so she's talking like a little kid. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so fun, Jared. So fun. So fun. Tom Sizemore still uh, cashing that paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> I love well, he, him. He's so good in the show because he's like so against yeah. his type, where he's usually mm-hmm. the bombastic guy. He's like he's got to play low simmering kind of like low life. He's trying to cheat the system, and he's mm-hmm. like he's trying to be tough, and he's not like the usual bombastic uh, Tom Sizemore that we all know and love. Yeah. But it's just uh, a treat to always see him on screen. Yeah. Well, you, I, I hope like you know that's gonna pay off somewhere. Like that's gonna be good. Because they've built it up a, a bit now, so I think he will have his bombastic day. Yes, yes, we hopefully, hopefully, and even if not, that's okay too. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. no, there's some there's some good stuff going on in that show. It was a good episode. Um, I remember, like, kind of, I don't know. There's always like that fear, like, oh no, this episode's almost over. Because we get the scene with Jacques at the um, at the roadhouse, and you get that oh, yeah. that that sweeping scene that uh, was yeah. driving Chanel fucking nuts because she was like, oh, what, was what, it? Why doesn't that guy get a bigger fucking broom? Where, where doesn't he get a push broom? Like, what? Oh, oh. fuck, he's going around the yeah. chairs. Oh, she was just like pissed, and she's like, this scene's designed to make me mad because like I kept thinking, like, yeah. well, there's no band, there's no band playing tonight because they've already pl- finished and they've gone home and the the bar's yeah. closing up, and then. Oh, Oh, the phone rings, and then the scene continue. Then the the show continues on, and uh, mm-hmm. which was always always a good thing uh, when it doesn't wrap up quick. Oh God, what else happened in that episode? Uh, I don't know. We had some Diane stuff. 
Yep. And then we had her interaction mm-hmm. with uh, Evil Coop. I don't yep. know if he has a name. I'm just calling him Evil Coop. Uh, I think I've seen some people refer to him as Mr. C. Mr. C? Yeah. Hmm. I, I like Evil Coop better. No. Yeah, so uh, we had their interaction. We... Yeah, and then we had the introduction of actually Judd's character. And that's about it, really. Oh, uh, we had some Hawk stuff. Oh, with, yeah. With uh, what, he, what he found in mm-hmm. the bathroom. Yeah. So that was cool. Oh, the whistle. Oh, we, uh, we, had, we had the Blumhouse scene. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. I forgot to write that I, down. Because that, that's all I was going to ask you yep. about, too, is like, ah, so uh, I didn't know if this was a co-produced of Blumhouse in association with their uh, number one sponsor, Skype. Yeah, I, I uh, as soon as he said Skype, I was like, oh no, what's happening? He's like, do you use Skype? And it was such like an elaborate thing. I was like, why is he Skyping? He already had him on the telephone. He's he's like an old man. I, I feel like he would prefer the phone. Mm-hmm. But his desk was so nice. It was just built for Skype, you know? That's, that's right. And then, yeah, and then I was like, when I was watching the scene, I'm like, oh, is Born Frost dead too? And then, yeah, he's dead too. Everyone's fucking mm-hmm. dead, RJ. Who? Uh, the doctor, the actor, Warren Frost. Oh, he's dead. Okay, yeah. yeah, everyone died. Well, the fucking thing came out like 800 years ago. Yeah. Of course they all died. <laughs> of course they died. Well, at least uh, at least some of the right ones are still here. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. Uh, so I, I hear American, uh, American Gods is done for the season. <laughs> oh, you know what? I haven't watched it in like a month at least. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I think I only watched the first four episodes or so. Yeah. Uh, and I totally fell off. Like, I missed a week, and I was like, eh, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll watch it eventually. Um, it, so, like what I talked about before, I like it because I like Neil Gaiman, and uh, I like American Gods quite a bit. Yeah. But uh, a- Andrea, even just right from the start, she's like, this sucks. Yeah. And then the more I watched, I was like, oh, this is like art house trash. <laughs> at points like it is, is like i i don't know if you'll ever watch it but uh no you know all all the problems you had with hannibal yeah every it's like so i know the problems you had with hannibal but even but hannibal was like a good show otherwise and it just got like weird art housey like pretentious stuff sometimes mm. american gods is like that all the time times a million like it all it is is art house like, like garbage um, like I remember there was one scene that we were watching, uh, and, uh, they were driving their car and then shadow was looking at snowflakes and then a snowflake came down and it was in full screen. And then a little miniature car drove over the snowflake and Andrew was just like, fuck this. And she like got up and left. <laughs> so I, I imagine you would probably be very much in the same vein. Hmm. Why, why do you ask? Oh, just because I saw that like the season wrapped up already. I'm like, yeah. really? It's already done? Because you hadn't mentioned it uh, in yeah. our uh, non-podcast conversations, and I hadn't, yeah. I hadn't thought to ask you about it either. Yeah. So I was I thinking, think like, because I was thinking, like, like hey, because Twin Peaks is so good, and then there's American yep. Gods. Yep. Yeah, it's funny too because like some some people are so hot on that show, and it's just like, no, no thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'll finish it. I'll finish it because. I'm dedicated to the brand, I guess. Yeah. Or this, or the source. So I'll finish it, but uh, yeah, it's it's hot garbage. 
Awesome. So, um, so there you go. Yeah, uh, I just yeah, I was busy this week and I didn't really watch too much. I watched some like some real low grade alien movies uh, from Massacre Video that I won't really get into too mm-hmm. much. Uh, one called Alien Beasts, and uh, the other one is called Mutilations. Uh, neither, neither of those are recommendations. They're just movies that I watched Aww. and I kind of like, I think the one I actually dozed off on cause I'm an old man. But then mm-hmm. last night, uh, after kind of feeling the high of watching Twin Peaks and thinking about David Lynch, I was like, you know, I think I should watch Eraserhead again. Cause it's been a while since I watched Eraserhead. Uh, and mm-hmm. I had, I had, I hadn't even cracked open my Criterion Blu-ray Eraserhead so I did mm-hmm. just that. Uh, I watched a couple of the short films on there because I hadn't seen those for a while. The sick, sick, the figures getting sick thing and uh, the alphabet. Mm-hmm. Just kind of had them on while I was getting ready to watch Eraserhead for that hour and a half. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Eraserhead, boy, that movie just transports you to a a space that uh, doesn't exist. It's only, it's like, I don't know. It's such a full realization of filmmaking uh, in so many ways. Uh, David Lynch really, but when he made that like, for his first feature film, uh, he's like fully formed in every way. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, everything's there. There's like still like visual references and stuff that like he still does in Twin Peaks, the, like the new series, um, mm-hmm. that floor, I, that the Twin Peaks floor. Uh, I think I was posting some of these on Instagram. There's like yeah. um, when uh, Henry's getting on the elevator, the, even like the way he's like holding his like books and bags and stuff like that is identical to how uh, uh, Kyle McLaughlin is holding his arms when he's on the elevator. Mm-hmm. It's like crazy how similar it is. Uh, yeah. and then, yeah, like there's like the tree thing. Cause there's like the, the, the weird p- p- uh, planted tree that's in the bedroom of Henry's apartment. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, yeah, that kind of resembles the evil tree stuff that represents the arm in Twin Peaks. Yeah. It's like, oh man, he's like still doing the same stuff kind of 40 years later and referencing all that stuff. So, I mean, I don't know how many directors kind of can draw on that and it doesn't seem like really too, uh, try hard. It seems like so natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started having crazy yeah. fan theories, RJ, about how Eraserhead's like uh, the dark future of uh, Twin Peaks. Like it's the, it's not hmm. the, it's not, not Twin Peaks, the town itself, but like the universe. It's a, it's world. a world where like the, the dark, the Black Lodge inf- like has fully uh, infiltrated humanity. And it's like, okay. what happens if good guys don't win? Uh, that's the world that you're mm-hmm. looking at. Uh, it, it, it kind of almost explains stuff, even though it's unexplainable. Oh, speaking of which, right. so yeah, in Twin Peaks, the new episode, there's like that fucking scene with the the hobo walking down the hallway in the hospital too. Oh yeah, yeah, that was so fucking rad. Yeah, it's so like ear, like it's a, it's actually like unsettling almost. Like I don't like saying that about like TV mm-hmm. or movies because I feel like whenever someone's like, oh, it's so scary, it's unsettling. It's like it's- you won't watch yeah. it and you're like no it isn't yeah it's like, like the, it's, the, it's like people mistake the intent of it being unsettling rather than when david lynch does it and he actually manages to unsettle you rather than oh he's trying yeah. to be creepy that's creepy it's like no he's just trying to be creepy and it doesn't work and then like then david lynch mm-hmm. is like oh it's like this weird like low humming electronic sound and there's this fucking hobo just walking down you're like shit what's going to happen now oh god and it's just like he he pulls it off really well yeah, especially because, like you said too, like where other people like are kind of like trying to contrive something that's that's creepy or like scary in a way. It's like, what if this happened? But like, 
I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb because I think I know Dave pretty good. Yeah. I call I call him Dave. Yeah. I, I, I call uh, him DL. DL. See, well, everyone has pet names, you know? Yeah. Like, we're so close to him that I feel like we can we can do these things. But mm-hmm. uh, so where other people, like, try hard to do that, like, to make that what it is, uh, I feel like Dave, he, in his mind, he was like, it's just something that would happen. He'd be like, well, in this scene, a homeless man would be walking through yeah. the hallway. Well, and that and, homeless and guy would be like, too. well, why is it? Clean? He's like, well, no, that's just what happens. Well, cause that's like the same <laughs> like, homeless, you know? that, that homeless guy though, too, is like, he is in the convenience or he's in that room above the convenience store. He was also in that, uh, prison cell like, in the first episode. And when he just disappeared, like he's like, yeah, he's yeah. one of those, he's a entity. And uh, he just kind of shows up when the ele- electricity starts humming. And yeah, like the the whole stuff with like David Lynch and like lamps in rooms and like the whole electricity thing, that's all an eraser head. Like it's all set there, ready to go. Um, and there's like these weird, like this, like the cosmology of the Lynch universe. Like there's like cancer cheeked woman, the man from another place, mm-hmm. man in the radiator. There's just like all these um, figures that exist. And he, and he manages to pull yep. it off really well. Uh, and like, just like how characters do not behave in his films the way that they do in the natural world. Like the one right. thing that uh, drives Chanel nuts watching uh, the Twin Peaks TV show right now is that like people are not suitably concerned about the state of Dougie <laughs> because it's like yeah. if, if a man was like in this state, wouldn't people mm-hmm. like be like, oh, you should be in the hospital. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, but that's sort of like, that's the thing. That's the, there, 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 there wouldn't be these scenes if, that, if, if that's the way people behaved. And I think in Lynchverse, it's fine. Like Lynch, Lynch can make it work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like it was kind of what I was saying before too, where for, for one, Dougie is getting shit done. Mm-hmm. Like not only did he crack the case on Tom Sizemore, but he brought home, serious bank mr jackpot brought home serious bank for naomi watts so like i mean he's being weird but he's getting shit done and then i think too i think like maybe for for dave again i call him dave maybe for dave like the normal people are weird so like in a weird kind of thing where it's like if some guy's acting even stranger it's like well all normal people are weird like people do weird shit Mm -hmm. i don't know i'll call him on the weekend I'll call him at home and I'll ask him what it means. You'll, you'll get this sussed out yeah, at your I'll next, uh, at your that. next, uh, transcendental meditation get together. Mm, mm, yeah. And we do uh, ayahuasca and shit in buckets for four days. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, catch the deep, d- d- dig deep down, catch the big fish. Uh, the big fish. Yeah. Yeah. That's that quinoa fish, Jarrett. That's how he's, he looks so good at his age and he's got that sweet fucking glorious hair. Oh yeah, all that quinoa and cigarettes. Mm-hmm. He's got good hair. He's got some a of the best. Or fine, one of the best. Fine head of hair. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, Racerhead. Uh, one day we'll talk about it on this show in more depth. But uh, Racerhead is some good. Uh, anyway, news, RJ. News. Ooh. News. I'll uh, start us you off real quick. Yeah, sure. Why not? So uh, Criterion, uh-huh. RJ. They announced their uh, oh. September uh, releases. That uh, that Othello movie that uh, was supposed mm-hmm. to come out like l- last month, uh, it's now coming out again in September. That's the Orson Welles <laughs> uh, thing. Uh, it's going to come out maybe this time. Um, 
fittingly, I guess, since we just talked about Alfred Hitchcock last week, uh, they are re-releasing Rebecca, uh, his mm. nineteen forty movie, because uh, he put that out a long time ago on DVD, and it's been long out of print, and now they're putting it out on Blu-ray. Um, mm. I don't know. Rebecca's just okay at best, so not like excited right. one way or another. Um, a movie called Festival, directed by one Murray Lerner from nineteen. 19- 67. Uh, we have that Certain okay. certain Women, directed by Kelly Reithart. This is like a new movie. It just came out in 2016. Um, she's the one who directed, uh, God, what's that called? Meeks. Oh, Meeks End or something like that? Yeah, yeah, the Western, which is actually, I, I actually like the Meeks Cutoff? Mike Meeks Cutoff, that's it. Kelly Reithart yeah. and like Wendy and Lucy, that sad okay. movie about a girl and her dog. Um, mm-hmm. And... Uh, the documentary, David Lynch, The Art Life, uh, is all g- going to be coming out from Criterion, which is kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess like they actually have been distributing it, so it's not that surprising. Uh, and finally, Michael Haneke's The Piano Teacher, uh, the director of such films as Funny Games. Uh, his movie, The Piano Teacher, which I have not seen yet. I have it in a Michael Haneke box that I bought that Kino put out, but the DVD is like non-anamorphic and looks like dog crap. Uh, so mm-hmm. this is will be there to, for an upgrade, I guess, because they also put out his uh, movie Code Unknown last year or something like that. So inevitably, I'm sure there'll be a Michael Haneke box set, uh, just like that uh, GD box set and maybe I should just oh. wait till that uh, emerges and get it for a, a cheaper deal with a nice box yeah I would just wait yeah so yeah uh, that's a cheap month for me I can tell you that much uh, I don't I'm not like I love David Lynch but I don't know if I'm really into like documentaries about him uh, yeah mm-hmm. so I don't know that's it for Criterion News uh, RJ what news do you bring to us uh, our reign of terror continues a reign of killing off things. Oh. This time, it wasn't an actor, but a career. <gasps> Daniel Day-Lewis has announced that he is no longer an actor. Oh. After he does this last movie with PTA, he's done. Oh, I, I actually didn't know that. You he's, didn't know that? He, so no. It's because we fucking ragged on uh, un, Unbearable Lightness so much that uh, he says he's quit acting. Because he's a big fan of the show. Yeah, he quit acting already, though. Like, he, he was doing, remember, he was, okay, oh, no, yeah, he I, quit, I'm going to make shoes because I'm a cobbler. Yeah. And then he wasn't. Oh. Yeah, he, fuck. Uh, yeah, I suspect that it's not real. Like, do you, like does anyone actually believe Quentin Tarantino is only going to make, like, one more movie? I don't. Like, I don't think guys like that can stop making movies. It's like Stephen King, like... He, he's just like I everyone's like why don't you retire you're a fucking old ass man and he's like I don't want to he's like I like writing books I you, imagine it would be the same with them but I don't know you didn't say that with enough of a main accent well I wasn't oh uh, uh, <laughs> perfect that, beautiful that <laughs> <laughs> that's how he sounds yeah so uh yeah I, I think we can uh, take that one in ours. So yeah. I think we have five, five on the old notch belt for uh, deaths yeah. and murders. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Uh, it's too bad we hadn't We're reviewed. Uh, we hadn't gotten to Robinson Crusoe's on, on Mars because that has Adam West in it. Uh, maybe uh, yeah. maybe he well, saw maybe he saw us coming. He oh, it was a preemptive one. He yeah. he didn't want to hear us trash him so bad mm-hmm. that he he mm-hmm. he ended it. Yeah. Let's say that he did. That movie's got a monkey in a spacesuit. Yeah, let's say that he did. Um, so I have some other news. 
I'm going to rattle off quick. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a Dracula TV show from the guys who made uh, what's that Sherlock Holmes show with uh, Sherlock Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> Sherlock. Sherlock. Yeah. <laughs> I think that sounds super cool because I like Dracula. I just thought I'd bring it up because I think Dracula's cool. You think he's going to be a also, sexy Dracula? I hope so. Sexy Dracula is the best Dracula. Mm. Um, also, I heard this week there's going to be a Watchmen TV show oh, by man. your buddy Damon Lindelof, oh, which sounds fucking horrible. Well, to me. you know, know, RJ, um, I saw that news. I had jotted that down from one of my news articles. But, uh, you know, I've heard everything gets announced as being an HBO series and it's being right. in development. And uh, generally these things don't work out. Something something falls apart. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. Okay. I mean, this is obviously one of those things that uh, people have been probably clamoring for, for even before Zack Snyder's movie came out. Because, um, mm-hmm. like, like, it's, it's, it's like kind of looks like it would be like oh, it's a 12 issue graphic novel series they mm. should make it a you know mini series on a, on tv yep. let, it, let, let it breathe mm. and do it properly it'd be awesome yeah. if they did it but uh that that but name that name associated with it who knows mm-hmm. everyone wants to be a, is their big everyone's like favorite thing is watchmen now and it's like it's done now it's kind of lost, lost that luster and it doesn't feel like it's been that long like it's been mm-hmm. a decade since that Watchmen movie came out, if not even yep. almost. So, yeah. Where's that? Uh, I would just watch that movie again. So, hey, um, yeah. this actually reminds me of a conversation I did have with some folk. So, I mean, so they've relaunched Spider-Man, what, three times at this what, point? What, in movies? Yeah, it feels like yeah, this twice. Yeah, this is the third time. This, will this, be the is th- the th- this is the, th- the third, yeah. The third iteration, okay. Yeah. So, the thing I was thinking about, I'm like, you know, nothing stops, like, these studios from, like, say, doing harry potter again what if they oh. did what if they because because warner brothers has that harry potter and warner brothers yep. is hbo so rj what if mm. what if uh because now we're like living in an age where you can just remake shit and there, there's no new ideas so that we just remake yep. things that are uh certified cashola but the thing yep. is though is there enough money to do an hbo series uh, as there is in making a movie that makes like a half billion dollars i don't know Hmm. Even though potentially, um, potentially I th- doing it as a TV yeah. show might actually lend itself to be a better uh, adaptation yeah. of the source material. Well, so I can chime in on this because I was a Harry Potter kid. I've talked about it many times. Mm-hmm. I uh, I was the same age as Harry when the books came out. Mm-hmm. So I was tapped in that fucking scene. I think all the movies are pretty good adaptations of the books. For the most part, like in the back end, some of those fucking monster books, like there's obviously stuff that that gets cut where if you had more breathing room, you would be able to include it in there. I would be up for it. I would be down for a Harry Potter TV show. But uh, I think from what I've heard, they're going the other route. So they're going to make four more of the Fantastic Beast movies. And they just started. They said they're going to make a fucking Voldemort series like a young Voldemort prequel series for movies, which I think is horseshit anyways, because they already showed that in the movie or um, in the movies. Like they showed him as a kid. They showed him as a teenager and they showed him as an, as an adult. So like, that's not really anything. Yeah. You know, whatever (laughs) it's nothing. I I was just more thinking about this as like, as far as like what, what else can be adapted down to TV series? Cause there's, again, there's no new ideas, RJ. No one, no one knows how to think of anything new other than to reference 
uh, IP that one already uh, owns. So that's why we have Dark Universe and another, a fucking Watchmen TV series and all this. Yeah. Trash. You, yeah. Trash. Speaking of trash, there's one more thing I'm going to talk about. Okay. And then uh, we'll end it. So <laughs> did you hear how – so the guy who's going to make Star Wars Episode Nine had a movie come out last week called The Book of Henry that is getting absolutely trashed because it's like it's like 10% or something like that. And everyone says it's really bad. But so he was talking about Jurassic – he also did Jurassic World. And he's talking about Jurassic World 2. And he says that like his intent – either his intention for the first one – or for the second one, even though he's not directing the second one, is that it's going to be a Spanish horror film. And my question to you, Jarrett, is what is a Spanish horror film? Because I am unfamiliar with such a term. And frankly, I think he made that up. Is he talking about GDD? Uh, well, so it's funny that you mentioned that. I just watched a Spanish horror movie called Inquisition uh, the other week. I didn't bring it up on here because it was like kind of a just – yeah. average kind of witch hunt kind of movie. Uh, but no, there's like a, there is definitely a sort of weird subgenre of Spanish horror. I'm not sure what that, that has okay. to do with Jurassic World 2. Is that right? Is, that's what you were talking it's, about it's there? It's either Jurassic World 1 or Jurassic World 2. It doesn't matter. They're both going to be the same fucking movie anyways. Okay. So so <laughs> there's like a, there was a guy named Paul Nashi. My boy Jess Franco would fall into Spanish horror, I guess. Okay. Uh, okay. So it is like, it's this guy something. Knows that? I, no, I, well, he does, but I don't understand. Like, I really don't think that a fucking Jurassic World movie or anything this guy would make could possibly be anything like a Spanish horror movie. Like those, those movies are kind yeah. of made on like kind of cheap practical effects, blood gore tits in an era where there's like heavy censorship. Cause like mm-hmm. th- those movies were being made during, um, uh, Franco during the regime, the, the heavy right wing regime that was happening oh, okay, in Spain okay. at the time. And so these movies like were yeah. being made, but they weren't even being allowed to be distributed because the government didn't want the world to think that Spain was a bunch of uh, reprobates and just weirdos. Mm-hmm. Um, so if these movies yeah. only kind of leaked out, but there are movies like, so unless Jurassic world's like, I don't know, it's because like Donald Trump gives a crap about what movies are being made. No, he's, he doesn't give a mm-hmm. shit. He's a, he's a dumb dumb. He's, but he doesn't care about mm-hmm. like the, making uh, the world care about the perception of America being classy. Like that's the last thing on his mind. Uh, um, so yeah, that's okay. so Spanish horror okay, is real. I, I just, I, I just thought about that and I, I was just like, that's total bullshit. Not <laughs> like I thought first he made it up, but then I was just like, even if it's a real thing, this guy is not doing whatever he says he's doing. So no. Anyways, that's news, and it was a whole bunch of news, wasn't it? Yeah, a whole bunch, a whole mess of news. Uh, the last thing <laughs> I will mention news. was uh, apparently, uh, I've seen this floating around, Denis Villeneuve has, quote-unquote, <laughs> made peace with fans picking apart his Blade Runner movie. Um, all Is my, this his first steps at distancing himself from uh, this movie? All I've got to say, I'm sure he he had some other spin on it, said, you know, I just, I'm doing my own thing, you know, I just, I can't mm-hmm. please the haters, or blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you know what, buddy? Uh, you're, you have to be in it to win it. He already sounds like he's a quitter. That tells mm-hmm. me his heart wasn't in the game, and uh, that tells you everything I think you need to know about Blade Runner twenty forty nine, because because when athletes talk like this, 
they've lost. They yeah. lose every time. When guys say, "Well, you know, you yeah. know, I'm not here to sell fights. I'm, you know, I'm just here." For, it's like, no, no, no. You're, you're, you just said you're fucking gonna lose. Like, you know, you're not gonna win. Yeah. They, you don't have confidence in your own fucking movies. Like, you don't like find that. Oh, Warner Brothers gave me all this money to make their thing. I guess I'll do it. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So it's, it's gonna suck, dude. Did you read more of what he said there? No. Fuck him. So what? So what he said the. Re- reason he made peace with it is this Jarrett very cop-out answer because the first one is such a masterpiece nothing will ever come close to it he's a loser <laughs> yeah I guess I guess you're right because you know what it doesn't matter if something is a masterpiece you go watch hook and then you go out there and you make a better hook yeah Am I right? You know what? I don't hear fucking Conor McGregor, who's going to be fighting fucking Floyd Mayweather Jr. here in two months, uh, a guy who's mm-hmm. zero zero versus like one of the greatest boxers of all time. He's talking about how he's going to fucking knock him out. That's that's what I want to hear from my movie yeah. directors. I want to hear how he's going to knock the audience out, not saying, "Well, you know, uh, I'm kind of following in the footsteps of giants. Uh, mm. You know, uh, I can't ever live up to that." It's like, fuck off. Like, shut up. Like. It's not your job. You're supposed to sell me on your fucking movie. Like, like it doesn't sound... If you're, like, not confident in the thing you're making, like, go home. Go the fuck home. No one needs you. Yeah. Denny. Denny, as uh, my buddy Hot Cam would say, be better. Yeah. He's a motivational speaker, and that is his very simple tagline. Just be better. I saw him one time. I was like, Jesus, I'm getting fat. He's like, just stop. He's like, just be better then. <laughs> so I think it's that's true. the, is that the advice you're trying to give Denny? Denny, be better. Yeah, just be better. <laughs> yeah, no excuses. Yeah. All Pick right. up your bootstraps and uh, get out there. Uh, get out mi- there. Mix it up. <laughs> Baby. Baby. Yeah. Anywho. Uh, oh, yeah. Did we do a show about yeah. something? I can't remember. Fuck, yeah. This, these Criterion movies, uh, they've, they don't watch themselves. So after the break, uh, we'll be talking about that charade and that Cary Grant and that Audrey Hepburn and that Stanley Donan from 1963. Stick around. When we played our charade. We were like children posing, playing at games, acting out names, guessing the parts we played. Oh, what a hit we made. We came on next to closing, best on the bill, lovers until love left the masquerade. Seemed to pull the strings I turned And you were gone While from the darkened wings The music box played on Sad little serenade Song of my heart's composing I hear it still I always will Best on the bill charade Faith Seem to pull the strings I turned and you were gone While from the darkened wings The music box played on And on sad little serenade Song of my heart's composing
we know each other? Why do you think we're going to? I don't know. How would I know? Because I already know an awful lot of people, and until one of them dies, I couldn't possibly meet anyone else. Well, if anyone goes on the critical list, let me know. Mm. As you can see, she was in serious trouble. But she still found time to enjoy herself. Mrs. Lampert, any morning now, you could wake up dead. Of course, she never had as much fun as her husband. Now, he knew how to relax. You see, it all began when he got off the train. Now, there's a relaxed husband. Police probably think I killed him. Instant divorce, you mean? From then on, her life was one round of enjoyment. <laughs> Entertainment. <coughs> Enchantment? <coughs> what are you doing in here? I'm having a nervous breakdown. But her life wasn't always that gay. There were times when she was in dire jeopardy. Hasn't it occurred to you that I'm having a tough time keeping my hands off you? Oh, you should see your face. What's the matter with it? It's lovely. When we played our charade Boss's wife. Now that he's dead, you're their only lead. Mr. Bartholomew, if you're trying to frighten me, you're doing a first-rate job. And tonight we're talking about Charade from 1963, directed by Stanley Donan. And a synopsis here from our good friends at Letterboxd.com. The tagline for this film, uh, it's a guessing game of mirth and mystery. It's not very often that you see the word mirth used these days, Mm. but I think it's uh, apropos, RJ, for this particular film. (laughs) Don't don't talk like that. Shut Uh, up. Regina Lambert, uh, played here by Audrey Hepburn, returns to Paris from a ski holiday in Switzerland to find that her husband, Charles, has been murdered. She is later told by CIA agent Hamilton Bartholomew, played wonderfully by Walter Matthau, that Charles Mm -hmm. Lambert was one of five men who stole $250,000 in gold from the U.S. government during World War II, and the government wants it back. The money was not found among his possessions, and Regina can shed no light on its whereabouts. Later that day, she is visited by Peter Joshua, whom she had met briefly while on holiday. When her husband's former partners in crime show up, who are double-crossed by Charles, uh, they start calling her looking for the money. Peter offers to help find it. Thus begins an elaborate charade in which nothing is what it (laughs) seems to be. So hmm. my experience with this movie Charade was at some point, I think I was like on a Cary Grant 
kick. And I was just watching movies <laughs> with, I was like watching Cary Grant movies, which is like a lot of like uh, Alfred Hitchcock stuff, Shadow of a Doubt, yeah. North by Northwest, um, and like Notorious, things like that. Um, and so I was like, oh, charade. I'd see it like on VHS sitting at the store. And I remember renting this movie and like just like absolutely loving it. I like this movie I thought was so awesome. Um, it, like the dialogue just was like so different. Uh, it had this like kind of even like on VHS, it had like weird, like kind of colorful opening titles and seemed kind of like fun and zany. Uh, it had Mr. Wilson in it, which was like really cool. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, it just had this like kind of weird, fun uh, energy. Like it felt like an adult movie, but it was like adults having fun. Um, and then I think I wound up getting a DVD of this for myself. That was like a public domain DVD because, uh, this movie, like movies that fall immediately into the public domain accidentally put the wrong, like copyright filing information on the intro title, Mm -hmm. like the opening title. And which meant that it was automatically in the public domain in America, meaning that anybody anywhere could just like put this movie out. Um, nulling and void. It's like what happened with night of the living dead. Uh, Mm -hmm. so like, so this movie floated around for a while. Uh, Criterion put it out on DVD way back when, uh, but it was like the difference of paying, oh, I'm going to pay $40 US to get a copy of this on DVD, or I could get a $5 public domain. Um, it was kind of the trade-off there. Right. Um, I think I remember the last time watching this movie, I was watching it, and I kind of was like, wasn't feeling it as much as the first few times I'd watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had, I now have the Blu-ray of this. And so I hadn't even opened it up and watched it again. And I still really enjoy this movie. Uh, it is a lot of fun, RJ, uh, a word that I oh, often- Oh, your favorite word? My, my favorite word. But this is a movie I feel that like lives up to funness, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um it zips along at a pretty good pace. It's not long whatsoever. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know uh, what to say about it right off the top of my head right now. I'm kind of curious uh, before going on what you thought about Charade coming to it for the very first time. Feels like the first time. Sorry, that just came into my head when you said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- how, what do you think I thought of this movie? I don't know. Thumbs up or thumbs down? I would hope it's a thumbs up. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess it depends on uh, how you feel about Cary Grant, I guess, because he, he's in this okay, movie well, a whole lot. And you seem to be cool on Cary. Um, I'm gonna, I'll say two things. I'm gonna. The first thing is going to be a statement about Cary Grant. And the second thing is going to be a statement about this movie. Yeah. Cary Grant has special needs of some sort. I think he was dropped on his head when he was a little kid. It's not as bad in this movie, but he's a fucking weirdo. There's a scene at the end where he's running. He doesn't know how to run. Like he's on a track or something and there's like stuff going behind him. And it's just like his like his bottom half isn't moving. Like it's almost like he's in a chair and he's just moving his arms and bobbing his head to make it look like he's running. Cary Grant or Cary Grant has something going on with him. He's a weird guy. I don't think I like him. Okay, so that's my statement on Cary Grant. So, Charade. Uh, I watched this with uh, Andrea. Mm -hmm. Because I read the description, and I saw that it was in color. And I was like, hey, she might like this. And we put put this fucker on, and we laughed, and we cried, 
and we all had a good time, and we both thought it was a wicked movie. Oh, good. So I, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Cool. Uh, uh, I did, I actually didn't know if you liked it or not, so I thought I might um, I might be the, def- the the defender here for this. Oh but no, the, no, I yeah, no, I I really I do like this movie quite a bit. Um, so, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say um, when we we're watching it, Andrew was like, uh, she was like, "Is this Hitchcock?" And I was like, no, last week's wasn't. I didn't like last week's at all. No. And she's like, oh, okay. She's like, it's a lot of the same era of actors. I think it was because of Cary Grant. Yeah. And uh, she's like, uh, it seems like Hitchcock, but it's fun. I yeah. was like, that's a. I and like that was her exact words, and I was like, it's exactly what I thought. Mm-hmm. And um, especially like right at the start, uh, you get that vibe. Like uh, there was a lot of scenes that just put kind of a smile on my face, like the dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's so like witty. It's so yeah. witty. It's so um, it's so sharp. Like uh, the one of the first scenes when Audrey Hepburn meets Cary Grant, uh, she's like, you know, when strangers meet abroad, they have to do this or that. Um, and she's like, Shakespeare says that. And he's like, no, he didn't. <laughs> and then she's like, how do you know? And I wrote it down because I thought it was so funny. He's like, it's terrible. You just made it up. Um, because I, I think that is so funny because there's so many times in just real life that I hear people say stuff and it's like, did you just make that up? Yeah. Like that doesn't sound fucking real at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, right at, right from that start, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to like this movie. Mm-hmm. And there, there was a ton of scenes like that. And it, uh, it totally, um, just in general, I thought it had my attention the whole time. Yep. Um, it, it played along with when it was suspense, when it was a thriller or action. Yep. And, so when it was a romance, a comedy, it, it, it goes on this roller coaster, baby, and it hits all. I think it hits all of them super well. But yeah. Like it doesn't, it doesn't fumble any of it. Like what I was talking about with the Mummy, where it doesn't know what kind of movie it wants to be. Right. This movie knows exactly what it is, and it can seamlessly go in between different genres. Yeah. So yeah, the it's funny that uh, Andrea picked up on the Hitchcock thing right away because like right in the liner notes, like one of the cliches, uh, as well as, uh, in our, who hates this movie area, people say, well, some say it's the best Hitchcock movie Hitchcock never directed. And, um, it's like, yeah, it is. But I mean, during the scene when, um, it's, uh, Mathau, it's right at the end with, at the theater. Um, that whole scene, I was thinking like, if this movie was directed by Hitchcock, I bet you it wouldn't be near as good. Um, because he would, he wouldn't know how to handle the, the comedy would be played so differently. Um, mm-hmm. like his, like the way he'd have, like, even, I don't even know if he would cast like James Coburn and George Kennedy. Like I don't, he wouldn't use those guys. Like they don't fit into his idea of like erudite villains. Like he wouldn't use a Walter Matthau. Yeah. Like he just, that's not his taste. Um, unless the studio made him take those guys. Like, Cause if you look at his cast, like. He has a very particular style of actor that he uses, and Cary Grant is one yep. of those people. But I don't know if Audrey Hepburn exactly. would be like. I don't know how she would fare with him. Like just based on like the crazy stories mm-hmm. of like how he was with his cattle. Um, but um, yeah, no, yeah. I think I think this movie is like way better served being not by uh, Hitchcock and be by Stanley Donen, who uh, I don't know if you looked it up, but he's the director of movies like Singing in the Rain. Yeah, I looked it up after because yeah. I liked it so much. I was like, because mm-hmm. uh, I was like, I don't even know who this Stanley Donen guy is. Yeah. And then I saw a couple of the titles. It was like, oh, okay. Um, I, I've never seen any of his other movies. I just know them. Like, I've never, mm-hmm. I've seen parts of Singing in the Rain. Like, I'm pretty sure anyone has. But uh, yeah, no, yeah, this was a first for me. And I was like, oh, this guy rules. Yeah, no. And especially uh, like what you said, that cast is fucking like, it's fire. It's hot fire, Jared. It's Walter it, Matthau. Yeah. 
James Coburn and George Kennedy, which, by the way, is George Kennedy like eight fucking feet tall? Because he looks fucking well, tall. Fucking as James fuck. Coburn's fucking tall too. Yeah, and George Kennedy, he's in. Well, there's a scene where he's in the elevator with the yeah. Cary Grant, and he's like touching the roof. I was just like, holy fuck, George Kennedy's tall. Yeah, well, because like, but anyways, yeah, Cary Grant, the cast I don't think is short either. Yeah, no, yeah, the cast is like uh, pretty sweet. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you can attribute the really wicked dialogue that you mentioned, the the pitter patter. Oh, yeah. uh, it's uh, Peter Stone was the, I think the one mm-hmm. that I've seen mentioned is like he's the guy who came up with that stuff. Because uh, okay. like, yeah, I mean, it's like really good. Like for that period of time because it's basically it's like a romantic comedy but it really fast paced kind of like Howard Hawk style um, right. but yeah that stuff's great uh, so the movie opens up with uh, a Maurice Binder um, opening credits scrawl which is actually the, Maurice Binder did like 14 of the James Bond intros which is appropriate because mm-hmm. uh, even like in this was in 1963 James Bond had only been in like what there's three movies four movies of Bond at this point, something mm. like that. Maybe. Um, yeah. You would know. I don't know. I, whatever. Bond. Yeah. yeah. Bond. It, and it's funny, uh, in that credit scene, Andrew's like, look, it's fidget spinners because there's like all the like spiral <laughs> things going around. It's a hot topic these days. Fuck man. me, man. I can't escape talk of fidget spinners. <laughs> we started selling them at the store. Nope. Uh, I know. I know. I, gar- I I imagined you would love that. But oh, anyways, man. yeah. Anyway. Credits are wicked. So yeah, uh, opening credits. They are uh, here. A far cry from the murky public domain DVD and VHS. I had previously watched this movie on. They just mm-hmm. pop. Uh, the DVD uh, Blu-ray package uh, reflects those like big bands of bright color and stuff like that. It's really nice. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on Audrey Hepburn? Because actually, uh, I had to, when I was watching this, I was like wondering, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if uh, Andrew is going to watch this with RJ. Because I wonder, because there's like that yeah. one, uh, there's an Onion article that I thought was really funny the other day. It was like college freshman says that like for some reason she just like inexplicitly like relates to Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, yes, because there's always like girls with their Audrey Hepburn uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's poster in their dorm room. Um, right. And it's like there's something about her that like people really respond well to. I'm kind of like yep. immune to it. I don't know. She's fine. But like uh, I'm, I don't think about her that much. But I know some people really like that Audrey Hepburn. Mm-hmm. Uh, this believe it or not, is the first movie I've ever seen with her. That doesn't surprise me, actually. Uh, I've never seen Breakfast at Tiffany's, although I do own it. Yeah. Uh, I bought it on Blu-ray for a buck one time. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'll watch that one day. Yeah. But I haven't. You, uh, you, no, you said I'd buy that for a dollar. I'd buy that for a dollar. Uh, look back to our RoboCop episode. I believe it's 18 or 19. Wink, wink. Um, no, yeah, uh, I thought she was fine. Is she Catherine Hepburn's daughter? Or is that an old wives' tale? No. Or are yeah. they like cousins? I don't know. Am I? Did I just make up Catherine Hepburn? That's a real I, I person. I think we're, right? po- we're po- yeah, she's a real person. We're probably <laughs> driving a uh, listener, Stephen Brooks, crazy. <laughs> oh well, well, whatever. I'm just gonna assume that they're both the same person. And I just noticed that uh, Audrey Hepburn is in that Spielberg movie that I read a description of, and I said it sounds like total fucking garbage. That always. <laughs> so I'm gonna watch that movie. And uh, I'm going to stick it down you and Joshua Frazier's fucking throats. Unless mm-hmm. it's really good, which it could be. I don't know. Anyways, uh, what were we talking about? No, yeah, I thought she was fine. Yeah. Like, I, I think she, she does the role really well. The uh, the only thing I didn't really like, and I don't think it's it's nothing to do with her. 
and I don't really hold it against the movie either because I think it's of its time, is that I think she swoons like a little too easy for Cary Grant. Like, yeah, he's charming when he's in the shower with all his clothes on. Yeah, I'd probably get down with him too if he wasn't fucking weird. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, I was like, this lady's like real into it. But I guess she was in a loveless marriage. So mm-hmm. mm, hard to say. And it's Cary Grant, baby. Cary Grant. Oh, by the way, like we were talking about how he's a weirdo. So he was wearing a tie pin, but it wasn't pinned into a shirt. Like it was just pinned into the tie. It serves zero purpose like that. Well, he's pinning back the like little inner tie part, the little loose bit. Mm, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Hey, I think he's a weirdo. I'm sure that Cary Grant knows how to wear a tie better than either of us do. You know what? I almost, I'm going to go fucking dig up his body and see what his tie is like. <laughs> well, that's not. He was dead. I mean, that's going to be on The Undertaker. Well, I'll dig up his Undertaker Mark and see Calloway. what his tie is like. Well, find, Mark go Calloway. find Mark Calloway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That actually yeah, that actually reminded me. Uh, there's some, uh, when you brought up Audrey Hepburn, There's a, she has a fucking sweet ass line in this movie where uh, she gets handed a cigarette and she rips the filter off. And she's like, it's like drinking coffee through a veil. I thought that was so fucking badass. I was just like, yeah, girl, get it. And how did she die? It's like, and then she died. Did she die of cancer? I have no idea. This, again, this is more fodder for uh, Steven. Because, yeah, she is definitely not um, Catherine Hepburn's daughter. Okay. Well, you know what? There was a 50-50 chance. She died back in 93 at 63. That's pretty young. Hey, get a hold of yourself. Chump. Chump. Dropping stuff over there during the show. Oh, that was the cat. Uh, oh, well, whatever. He he just wants to have his piece, too. Um, but, yeah, like, I thought she was super, super cool. Um, and I thought James Coburn is so fucking hip in this movie. Like, the, the suit he's wearing, like, his style is in fashion again right now. Mm. I was like, this guy has got it going on Ew. real good. I'm just reading about how she died. Apparently, uh, upon returning from Somalia to Switzerland in late September 92, she began suffering from abdominal pain. Uh, revealed she had a rare form of cancer in her abdomen belonging to a group of cancers known as pseudomyxomoperitone. Having grown slowly over several years, the cancer had metastasized as a thin coating over her small intestine. And so she had a nice long drawn out death, but it wasn't lung cancer. So smoke him if you got him, folks. Hmm. Well, do you want to go get a pack of darts with me right now? <laughs> go, Maybe later. Go on. May go on. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you? I have some more stuff. Oh yeah, no, I've got, I've got stuff. I got stuff I can put out there. So this is another hey, well, movie that enters into the in our Criterion creep so far that are kind of part of the '60s cool. Um, of uh. movies because we had things like Shock Corridor, Naked Kiss, Alphaville, The Tokyo Drifter, and Branded to Kill. Uh, this movie mm. is better than all of them. <laughs> I you forgot uh, Henry V. Oh, and of course, uh, yeah, The King of Cool. <laughs> yeah, The King of Cool, Henry V. Uh, but yeah, I think this movie pulls off that like 60s because there's like that period of time where like jazz starts emerging on movie soundtracks all the time. Because I think mm-hmm. cause that even like uh, even like 400 Blows kind of has that. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I thought I'd mention that. Uh, yeah, Cary Grant, boy, he was old even by 1963. Um, fucking right. Well, of course, like I forget that like, oh, yeah, he was like in movies in the 30s and he was like a guy in his like 20s. So. 
Mm-hmm. It would follow that he's 40 years older. So he's 25 years older than uh, Audrey Hepburn. Right. Which adds to that, uh, whatever, spring-winter relationship. Uh, Excuse me? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait until we get to Harold and Maude. And yes. then we can talk about that, okay? That's going to be in four or five years, but we can talk about it yeah. then. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Anywho. So, yeah. Uh, then I just wrote in all caps, Coburn. Because Coburn is great. He's so cool. Yeah. That, he's uh, so cool. Yeah, he's really, he's very uh, enjoyable in this movie. And then mm-hmm. we got ourselves some George Kennedy, who's uh, an old hand. He's always popping up in um, Clint Eastwood movies. He's always, like, fantastic. Mm-hmm. I actually, this is, like, one of those few times where I remember him being, like, a, an actual, like, he's, like, an asshole, like a good old heavy. Because um, usually yeah. he's kind of, like, the lighthearted grandpa. He's just, he's mm-hmm. just, oh, geez, not again. So this is, like, where he's are, actually are you kind just of thinking of, like, Are you just thinking of, like, Naked Gun? Uh, yeah. He's, like, <laughs> okay. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, he is. He's he's menacing because he's he's fucking got a hook hand, and you're like, fuck, this guy's tough. Yep. Um, yeah, and then we get the main event in the form of Walter Matthau, who, like, I don't know, he, like, makes everything better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Isn't he the coolest fucking dude you've ever seen? Yeah, he, like, his way of reading lines and stuff like that and his presence is so different from everybody else um there's this um, movie, there's this movie i watched like a few years ago called the new leaf um mm-hmm. and he's just like fantastic in that movie like the movie's like way too it's like a two-hour long comedy um he i can't remember the name of the actress director but she was like she directed this movie on her own starred in it but mm-hmm. i mean i mostly remember him because he's this like just rich asshole who um he needs to save the business because he's really bad at being rich. And uh, so he just marries this, like, kind of a oblivious poor girl for her money and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. there's some, like, like Walter Matthau is just so good. I, I love everything he's in. Because uh, you actually, yep. a few years ago, I made you borrow uh, Taking of Pelham 123, which uh, yes. which, which was also writ, uh, co-written, at least, by Peter Stone, who wrote this. Mm-hmm. I, I, I piece that together after. Yeah. But no, yeah, I had never seen that. I had only seen the remake with John Travolta, which I quote verbatim, there's a line in this movie where John Travolta goes, lick my bunghole, motherfucker. <laughs> and I have had that burnt into my brain for so many years <laughs> that when you told me there was a Pelham with Walter Matthau, I think my my very first reaction, my guttural response was just lick my bunghole motherfucker and then i went, ne- pardon me you're like excuse me mm-hmm. yeah yeah well, uh, yeah he's he's the best there's a the scene where like his introduction scene he like pulls that fucking sandwich out of that cupboard like he's <laughs> oh, like, like the liverwurst? liverwurst i was gonna ask yeah. you rj have you ever eaten liverwurst no uh i i have been offered before but i i've never eaten it but uh, I thought that was hilarious. He pulls it out and he's eating it and he's just burping. He's like, Bleh. oh, yeah. <laughs> you're, just, you're just like, he's he's so fucking cool. He's amazing. Yeah, he, he's pretty cool. I need to watch more of his uh, Jack Lemon stuff because like I've, I don't know when the last time I saw The Odd Couple was and that grumpy old man. I've never actually seen RJ. What? I've, I've never Are you seen kidding it. me? No. That's a fucking national uh, trip. The, for- the fortune cookie. Oh, Bad News Bears. He's fucking oh, awesome in. Uh, Charlie Varick, his uh crime movie it's pretty good and yes i've never seen grumpy old men are you i've never seen grumpy or grumpier my god yeah i know you need i'm a you need to change your life 
Out to Sea. Huh? All yeah, the, I, oh, I know that one. Yeah. But seriously, you got to change your fucking life, man. Yeah, if you've yeah. never seen Grumpy Old Men. Oh, oh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just looking through his list. Yeah. He was in a face in the crowd. Oh, yeah. Fuck JFK. He's in it for a little bit. Uh, Failsafe. He's awesome, man. That's the uh, kind of uh, Dr. Strangelove plates completely straight. That movie's uh, outstanding. Uh, uh. He has this amazing final speech. Oh, oh. Okay. I'm going to make a vow now that uh, I'm going to try to include some Walter Matthau movies in the next few weeks okay i already see one here i'll watch for f- fucking sure by next week so yeah the suspense builds for everyone oh, all They're right like, what what is he talking mm-hmm. about grumpy mm-hmm. old men <laughs> but seriously you should watch that you should watch it with like uh chanel or something okay because it's wicked we'll see what's on netflix if walter methel's like represented at all on netflix mm-hmm. i doubt it but hey uh so then i was wrote the apple game that that's a pretty ribald game, RJ. Oh, yeah. Have you uh have you ever played the Apple game? I think when I was a kid, before like people yeah. had like boobs and stuff. <laughs> oh gross. No, uh actually I said me and Andrew talked about the same thing. I was like, Did you ever do this? And she's like, I don't think so. I was like, We definitely did this in like elementary. Our yeah. el- elementary school, like the last uh, day of school was this big track and field meet because we all had everyone in the school is in teams. There's like eight teams and like everyone competed and they made the points. And at the end of the day, one of the teams won. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think that was one of the games. Like you did like a tug of war. Yep. You did like a spoon thing and then like actual stuff like long jump and track and field. But we, yeah, you do the apple thing, but it's way easier as little kids because they yeah. got those fucking turkey necks and like noodle brains and they can like, and there's no, and, and there's no breasts. And yeah, I I, I I was trying to dance or skirt around that because I don't want to. I don't want to get this. Tits. I don't want to get this flagged Boobs. by uh the, that Canada creep or fun, anything like fun, that. Fun bags with our buddy who did who who, who was arrested. He got caught. And, oh, he yeah. Oh, his picture's all over the place. And he, yeah. he looks exactly the way you imagined him to be. Yeah. Well, uh, apparently they found some uh, e- even worse material at his home, so oh, that guy's going down. Oh, baby. Like yeah, a true so creep. Anyway. Like creep. Uh, yeah. And then, yes, yeah, so after the Apple game, you like you get the big turn where it's like, whoa, the t- Apple game just got really disturbing. And because like when one of the fellas goes to uh, threaten her and then she goes, runs to the taxi phone and then James Coburn shows up and starts trying to light her on fire. It's flicking matches. matches at her. Man, that was, that's sadistic, RJ. It's just sadistic. Yeah, but he's um, so cool, though. Yeah. So what did you think initially of the, uh, the, the thing with uh, Cary Grant being – in on it uh or so it seemed being with the baddies so i didn't find it like totally surprising yeah like when it had like when it actually gets revealed mm-hmm. i was like i was like yeah okay but i didn't like necessarily think think it was happening right from the start right I, i'm not that big of an asshole that's like oh i could totally see it right from right. the start um no yeah i was out like I wasn't surprised, but at the same time, when it did happen, I was like, "Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay." If that makes sense, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh, my next big note on this movie is the rooftop fight. Actually, looks, yeah, that looks really good in this movie. Like, just like the neon mm-hmm. signs and the lighting and stuff like that. Of that, and like, there's no, there's no music, and it's just these guys mm-hmm. grappling around. It's like, like really well done. Um, quite the opposite of how Alfred Hitchcock would have had it play out, which would have been really yep. badly because. As discussed in 39 Steps, Alfred Hitchcock does not direction uh, fight choreography well at all. 
swing for the fences, Jimmy. Yeah, and I really love how it ends with like with uh, with George Kennedy sliding down the roof, and you get the sparks off his uh, hook oh, going yeah. down the middle. It's like what a nice little touch that is. Yeah. And then of course it looks like, great. Yeah, it looks great. Um, and then like the movie that came to mind while watching this at points was the film Summertime. Uh, because there's like sort of the travel loginess, which I think is probably when you were watching, you're like, oh, I bet you Jared hates mm-hmm. this movie because it's like summertime. But I'm like, yeah. well, because summertime doesn't have a movie with like stamps, RJ. It doesn't have a uh, movie uh, stuff about, uh, I don't know, hook handed dudes and like people being drowned in like plastic bags over their face and being like they're having their throat slit. That's what summertime when- needed, okay? When you're a, when you're a middle aged woman, and I make you watch Summertime again, I think you're gonna appreciate it a little more. Okay. Okay. I think that's out of all the movies we've watched that we have disagreed on. I think that's the one that, in time, your opinion will change. Okay. <laughs> but uh, no, I agree. This movie has fucking dope stuff like that. Like it's got some gruesome ass murders. Like the one dude who's got the bag on his head, and he's like. Yeah, his Goldberg. feet are tied to a yeah. radiator. It's You're just fucking, like, holy yo, shit! One of my, my 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 next note here was this movie is surprisingly violent. <laughs> like, yeah, really, like it's like I mean, it's not like they don't linger on it too much, and it's like kind of like fake looking in their death staging, but it's like still like whoa, like that's like fairly like uh, elaborate death scenes for what it is, and it's almost like hard to believe that spoilers Walter Matthau's behind it all, and he's like the one who's actually killing folk with his uh, skeevy looking mustache. In his liverwurst yeah. breath. Oh, that that scene again is so funny when he's just drinking that wine. He's like, "Want some wine?" And he eats like five fucking oh, liverwurst fuck. sandwiches. Yeah, when he, when he's like oh, laying awesome. out the whole scheme to her, there's like that smash cut to just his face looking directly at the camera. Oh man, he's so lovable. Mm-hmm. That guy. He he's he's so cool. So, oh, He's yeah. so cool, Jared. Another thing here is like the the pervert boat spotlight, where like the the boat oh, yeah. the, the boat's going down the canal, then like they dim all the lights, and then they hit the spotlight and start like peeping on like people kissing, and it's like, what is this? Okay. Well, so I, I was watching that, and I was like, if some motherfucker was like put a spotlight on me when I was making out, getting down, when you were macking, yeah, when I was put, laying down some heavy mac, I would have been like, hey, fuckhead. I'm getting greased up here, baby. Got, got you can't a, just be you, breaking a, that groove got a halfway sem- through. Got, got a semi chub here. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, exactly. You you can't just like fucking throw a spotlight on you with like a hundred old fucking people and just be like, ha, 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 look at those kids. Yeah, I thought that was weird. Mm-hmm. But you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. What am I to? Who am I? Who, who are we to judge? It's the European who way. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, uh, I really like the stamps thing. I think that's like, uh, yeah. pretty smart. Like it, it works really well. It's so simple. Mm-hmm. You get the nice little, even like out of that, you get the character moment with the old man. who's like, ah, I'm just happy enough to have had the stamps in my position once in my life. And it's just like, oh, sweet old stamp collector, man. And selling yeah. the kid a bunch of stamps. Um, oh yeah, even like the going back, I guess like when the when the kids kind of like held hostage, I kind of like how it's played. Like no one's seriously going to hurt this kid. Like all the yeah. all the hooligans, the the thugs, they're kind of just like, yeah, we're going to take this kid unless you bring us the money. And it's just like, yeah, they're not going to like they're hanging out. The kids like not like in real any any danger. They're just like, yeah, this is the next yeah. best idea. So it's kind of got a nice lightness to it. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I love. I'm surprised that. I'm surprised that you like this movie. 
I don't know. There's nothing to dislike about it. It, it hits like all yeah, but the, you're a it, weird dude. It hits all the notes right. Like it, it feels like um, I don't know. It feels very genuine and like true to like yeah. everything. Everything's played well. Um, I, I, I can always appreciate that. Um, Sorry, yeah, I didn't mean to disrupt your flow yeah. there. I'm just when you're naming stuff that you actually like, it's just like whoa. Mm-hmm. This Jared guy, this he Jared. might be of a human after it's, all. It, it's all been a charade, RJ. Oh no. Uh, and then yeah, the end of this movie I think is like really good too. Um, the whole like because like I, I it's been a while since I'd watched it and I was like, how does this end again? Uh, I love the big kind of um, final battle with uh between yep. the between Matthau and Grant and mm-hmm. Audrey Hepburn running around in the in the the pillared area and like sneaking around and stuff like that. I think that's all really good. Mm-hmm. The desperation of Matthau as it ramps up, uh it's mm-hmm. really good. He's like he won't shoot cuz you have to come out and get the stamps and he's too cowardly for it. Like I love the deduction of like his character. Um Cary right. Grant for like a uh employee of the federal government for the treasury he's very hands-on and he has no problems uh-huh. dr- dropping a dude to his death literally <laughs> he's got no problem dropping a dude and he's got no problem deep dicking some women because he gets all up in there well eventually i thought they did before like he revealed what's happening i, I think that so uh in the uh, essay with the criterion for this bruce editor he makes some comment that like in whatever it was the three movies uh james bond boned more women in those three movies than Cary grant had in any movie up to that point that he'd ever been in <laughs> like this is like a strange like, this movie's like kind of like so different from like a a james bond movie at this point because like yeah i i was gonna say that, that seems like apples and oranges yeah it's it's like are are there women dancing in rap videos what about this mormon gospel video <laughs> Hmm. Well, they're both I feel like sp- you're comparing those things. They're spies or spies. So are you saying spies and are spies and are not just like regular spies or whatever the fuck you want to call them? Uh, treasury employees, uh, es- es- espionage and and charades and uh, espionage and all that trash. I don't know. It's like they're all in the same mode. Because I mean, Thirty Nine mm-hmm. Steps is also kind of in this because it's about stamps, but it's kind of like a wrong guy story placed into this context yeah. that you never get a feel for. Um, and this yeah, movie but that do. movie is not good. Yeah, and then wow, it's just not interesting anymore. I don't think. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then the other thing too would be, uh, yeah, the end of this movie. I love how it plays out because I again I couldn't remember. Uh, mm-hmm. where, 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 how, where, who Cary Grant was in relation to this? Like, is it, oh, is he testing her and stuff like that? And I love, oh yeah, you just go ahead. I'll meet you. I'll, I'll wait out here. And then she goes in, and there is there he is, just sitting in the chair, all pleases, punched with himself, and you get the the, the Cary Grant face of just sticking out his tongue and going cross-eyed, just for fucking kicks. Mm-hmm. And the ongoing gags. I don't know. He's good. The, the script's great. Uh, the characters are fun. The movie's fun. Uh, everything just works perfectly in this movie. I think. So great yeah. success. Great success. For everyone. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts mm-hmm. you want to share notes? Uh, yeah, I have two. One, yeah. I thought the score was a uh, hot fire. Yeah. Uh, they got some music cues that line up so nice and it's just, it's so refreshing. So I think the score is wicked. And then I have one last thing. There's something in this movie I've never seen before. Uh, Carrie Grant and Audrey Hepburn are walking and she's a little peckish, so they get a little snack. They get a little ice cream cone because that's romantic. This fucking ice cream cone is two cones, or it's a, it's a base of one cone with a scoop thing of two cones so you can put two scoops in there. 
I've never seen such a thing in my entire life. This fucking blew my world. Hmm. Blew my, my world. That's not an expression, but I'm going to stick with it anyways. All right. Did you notice the double scoop ice cream cone? Uh, I didn't. It's not two scoops. Like, it is two scoops, but it's it's like, you know how an ice cream scone, <laughs> ice cream cone has the base and then they have, like, the bucket where the scoop goes? Yeah. So it's the base and then there's two buckets. So you can put a scoop in each side. Huh. It's fucking mind blowing. Yeah. We, That's it. So people. <laughs> okay. That's all I wanted. To, I, I I don't know. Has any? Can you get this anywhere else in the world? Uh, Probably well, not. Maybe yeah, they they maybe put places out of business. It just was too uh, too risque, too too mm-hmm. outside the box. I believe it. Yeah. Uh, well, RJ, uh, not everyone enjoys this movie as much as we do, I guess, because uh, mm-hmm. there's people who d- are not fans, like strong not fans. Because like usually, like when uh-huh. people when people have hated this movie, I mean, they're giving like two and a half stars of late. Yeah, but au contraire, because some people really have it mm-hmm. out for charade. Uh, ben Miranda, he gave this movie one star. Eesh. So apparently, this film is often cited as the best Hitchcock film that Hitchcock never made. It isn't at all. Mm-hmm. Stanley Donen's dry and slow-moving directorial style is far too slow for a thriller and too straight-laced for a comedy. This makes the film feel uneven and awkwardly paced, not helped by a screenplay that also veers from straight thriller to silly romantic comedy with spy elements. I feel that had Hitchcock, a master of balancing the two styles, had been at the helm, it would have been a far tighter, wittier film. Now, both Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn are good actors, and both have their charms here, but again, the dry slow pace of the film works against them. Neither are really allowed to take their roles and go to town with them, and are instead hamstrung by the pacing of the film, leading to a general feeling of staleness and lifelessness. The supporting cast made of character actor legends and Best Supporting Actor Oscar winners Walter Matthau, James Coburn, George Kennedy are having all having fun with their roles, but again, the pacing of the film torpedoes their performances, meaning lots of downtime and waiting for the next burst of activity. Mancini's score, however, is classy and chic, and the theme tune is quite catchy, but he always does nice work, so that is to be expected. So all in all, I found the film rather dull and boring, which is a shame since it so showed promise as either a straight thriller or a fun comedy, but in the end, the downright glacial pacing and uneven tone meant it was neither. One out of five for me, and I'm probably in the minority for saying so. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are, because you're Dink. Dink. Buddy. What a dink. Uh, Alano is also a dink. One star. How did they get this so wrong? Great acting talent and an okay plot is usually enough to get by on. This, however, was dreadful. Just a laughable mess from beginning to end. Leave this type of film to Hitchcock, thanks. (laughs) No. No. Uh, It's not the point, you guys. (laughs) You guys. Uh, Brian Welk gave this one and a half star as well. Do people actually like this? How a movie of Cary Grant, Audrey Hepburn, and George Kennedy directed by Stanley Donen could be this catatonic. Not funny. No style. I didn't finish it. Way too lame. (laughs) I hate people so much. People are whack, RJ. People are whack. Yeah, they are. I don't know. Or these people are. I think most people do like this movie. It's like, why wouldn't you? Um, Yeah. Yeah. The other thing, too, is like, 
the actual like big chase scene with like uh, her trying to get away from Cary Grant and like taking the train and jumping around. It's also well done. Like it's like really well done staging that draws you yeah. in in a uh, really like solid way. Um, I don't know what That's the difference. I, I don't know what the difference. Like, yeah, all the chases actually are really well done. And I've seen people like, yeah, have problems with Stanley Donen's direction, but I thought like he did a be- way better job than a lot of directors do. Where I find the chases are actually really dull. In this, I thought they were pretty good. <sighs> I I didn't notice anything bad. I don't know. No. I thought it was fine. Me neither. Um, I don't know. I think that's all I've got to say. This movie's good. Yeah, it is. I liked it. I had fun with it. Yeah, Cary Grant, the greatest actor of all time. Great, the greatest human being. Well, without fault, without for, any mental problem. <laughs> Physical. For overcoming all of for overcoming all of his all of his limitations, he he sure did well. Uh, that's good. I, I think it's gonna be a go. While. Fucking watch him. Watch him run at the end of this movie. It's fucking ridiculous. Okay. So sorry, what? It's gonna be a while. Uh, it's gonna be a while till we see uh, Cary Grant again, but we will see him <laughs> at least one more time in the collection when we uh. actually watch Notorious, another mm-hmm. an Alfred Hitchcock movie. We'll see how Al deals with uh, Cary Grant's specialness. I've seen how he's de- dealt with that before. It's not well. Yeah. Uh. Well, after the break, um, what's your favorite death in this charade movie? Oh, it's got to be uh, that fucking grisly James Coburn one. Yeah, plastic bag over the head. After the break, yeah. RJ is going to be found dead with a plastic bag over his face. Auto erotic it, asphyxiation. It, it'll be just as good as in the movie. Almost. wish it was the 1960s again rj and you could wear a suit and not be oh, looked like like a weirdo fucking all the time it's not even a, a joke i i would thrive in the 50s and the 60s is that because you want to dress in suits all the time or so you could smoke all the time uh alcoholism smoking uh fucking milkshakes and uh soda pop shop music it's the greatest era <laughs> it's it in was a fucking heartbeat it was someone's era it's my era uh, what about yeah. this world of like sweatpants and fidget spinners? Oh, God, I hate it so much. And, and tw- Twitter fuckery. Oh, I could I could wear a suit, be a fucking insurance salesman, mm-hmm. and fucking go home, have a fucking uh, Manhattan, have a cigarette, yeah, and just you know listen to some Carolina Shag on yeah. the radio and date cl- mm. classy ladies, real class. Oh. Ladies' class in those dresses. Ooh, girl, bring it on over. Uh, you can tell us about what era you'd like to live in and email us those mm-hmm. uh, responses at criterioncreeps at gmail.com. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, however you're listening to us currently. Review, rate, subscribe, something like that. It would be nice. Please. Please. Because it would be really nice because next week, RJ, 
it's spine mm-hmm. number 58, and it's our 50th episode. You know, some people didn't think we'd get to five. Well, fuck And off. I'm that one person. Yeah, you know, De- Denny Villeneuve didn't think so. And look at him, look where uh, he is now. Oh, yeah. I, do, I drive Blade Runner. Oh. Mm. Well, won't well, be better. Spine fifty-eight, peeping Tom. It's like oh. it's like the it's like what a great confluence. It's like so movie, so it's, apropos. Yeah, it's about a movie about sexual repression and murdering women on the Criterion Creeps podcast. This little number is from 1960. It's the movie that predates that Psycho movie uh, in its luridness. And uh, it helped destroy director Michael Powell's career because it was so sleazy. So we're going to talk about that next week. I've seen it. It's been a long time. I've only seen it once. And RJ, you've never seen it. So this will be an interesting one. Uh, It's from the co-director of The Red Shoes. Nice. Um, yep. So get your tripods. Get your knives on the tips of those tripods. Go kill yourself some ladies uh, in preparation. Uh, it's Peeping Tom next week, folks. Episode 50. I don't know. I don't think we have anything special planned. Uh, but will. five and zero are in the number of episode we're on. So it's cool, I guess. Half a century, baby. Half a century. See you next week. <sighs> Boop. I'll be right back. I got to let Andre inside.